Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And good afternoon, Tiger fans. It's game day. Filling in for Christian Garrick. This is Jeff Palermo along with my co-host Herb Tyler as we broadcast near the LSU administration building before the Tigers take on the Northwestern State Demons at 6.30 tonight. It's the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Yes, sir. And glad you can be a part of it. Tigers come in with a record of 2-0. Northwestern State is 0-2. This game should be over pretty quickly, Herb. You think? It should be. But (laughs) before we really talk about what may happen here tonight, we have to go back to what occurred last Saturday in Austin, Texas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one of the all-time big wins in LSU history. Well, and you could just look at the statistic, right? They had never gone on the road and beaten a top-10 team. That's kind of amazing when you think about 150 years of football that LSU has never accomplished that feat. But they did it, and it was a thrilling game, and it was the coming-out party for the rest of the nation when it comes to Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Um, You know, the thing about – the, the streak, if you will, or lack thereof, um, to go to Texas and to pull out a win against a number nine ranked team is is phenomenal. These guys have no idea what they accomplished last week, what how that's going to propel yeah. them for the remainder of the season. Um, I, you know, as I look, as I watched that game, we, my wife and I were both at um, at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, watching our daughter do some dancing or whatever for their football team. And then after that game, uh, which was a day game, we went to have some dinner and everything, and everybody's talking and they're having a good time. And all of a sudden you hear me yell, whoa, why? Because <laughs> my cell phone's on the table and I'm watching the game. Yeah, right, right. right. So, man, look, I'm so proud of these guys. I'm so proud of Joe Burrow. I'm proud of, uh, of Coach O, for one. Let's start there because this, this guy got these kids ready to play, man, and they were fired up on offense. He did not quit. He kept the pedal to the metal. It's what we as LSU fans have been wanting for too long now, right? And right, we're finally right. getting it. And I can probably say since, um, in my mind, since Rohan David was the last time we did something like that. Um, and um, the, the receivers gave us everything we knew they could give us. The offensive line played great. One thing we need to do is we – and I know I don't want to, uh, you, you know um, – Bring it the, the the mood somberly down a little bit, but we got to get better on defense. All right, we got we got to play we got to play a little bit faster. We got to get to the ball. We got to make some tackles. Our safety play I thought was really struggling last week. Um, uh, Vincent Jr. and I can't uh, Harris. Those guys didn't play as well as they needed to play. Um, but we need them to go ahead and step it up this week. Starting this week, um, have a really good confidence booster game for them. Well, they should get that against Northwestern State, uh, who lost to Midwestern State last week, a, a Division II team that's yeah. ranked in the top 20. They're but a game, a game that you should not lose at home if you're Northwestern State. But I'm not so concerned about the defense, Herb. I think that was just one – and I agree. There's obviously mistakes that they made. I mean, they gave up 38 points. So there, there's obviously areas where they mm-hmm. can improve mm-hmm. and get better. But there was a lot of factors that went into – the 38 points they gave up. Right. Obviously, a very good quarterback on the other side of the football. Yes, sir. The heat, 
uh, playing in a hostile environment. Yes. Uh, and then what you see, just kind of like what you saw with LSU, when a quarterback in an offense gets hot, I don't care if you got the Ravens defense or the 85 Bears defense, it's tough to slow that well, that group down. And I think you saw that uh, in that game. And then the cramping injuries in the second half. I think yeah, they had yeah. so many different personnel in there. All it was tough stuff, for them to handle. All that stuff came into play. The one things that I can say that stood out to me as a former player and somebody that's looking at the technical aspect yes. is that there's a lot of times where our safeties were out of position. Right. So if a guy's running across the field on a crossing route, he can't be five yards behind him and three yards back. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? He's got to be three yards behind him and two yards back to where when that guy catches the ball, he can at least make the play. Um, so it's just different things like that, opening your hips in a certain way at a certain time in a certain manner so that you don't, you know, that you're not getting beat down the field at some point. And that's, those are the things that I'm talking about. Now, I think that when it comes to playing Texas, Texas, look, seriously, Ellinger is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think that uh, Coach Herman is one of the better coaches in the country. He's an offensive-minded guy. So at that point, at that rate, you're going to give up. I, I figured we'd give up 24 points. And then what do we end up giving up, 30, 38. 38? I was thinking about 24, 28 yeah, that's points. What I was thinking. I, I, that's what I thought we were going to – that LSU was going to be So in. if we give up 24, that means I think we're playing well technically. Yeah. Because you can't – like you said, you can't – there's nothing you can do for a really great – quarterback and a really good offensive scheme that's coming at you but the couple two touchdowns that they scored beyond that 24 points to me could have been limited or at best you know uh, exonerated I um they still got to him they sacked him five five times I believe the number was five or six um and then the goal line stands they have back-to-back goal line stands I think that gives you an idea of where the strength or just how good this defense can be. I agree. I agree. The goal line stands, man. Look, I was I was watching it, and when the, what was it an interception? And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh man, there's no way we're going to tackle this guy, and they tackle him, right? Yeah. That's the offense, first of all, right. making the tackle so he doesn't run it back yes. for a pick six. And then the defense comes out and it's four and out. Oh, <laughs> I like it, baby. Let's go. Show me some more. The game was very reminiscent to me to what happened in 2011 when LSU went on the road and played West Virginia. That mm-hmm. game for mm-hmm. a while, Geno Smith threw for over 400 yards against LSU yep. in that game, and then after that, it was it was shut. Everybody it was down. shut down. Yes. It was there. There was never you know, other maybe in the SEC championship game where Georgia got off to a bit of a quick start, but then LSU shut it down. Yes, and there was never a game where LSU defensively looked uh was chasing after receivers and giving up big plays right so I'm, I'm hoping for the same thing especially starting tonight i want to see some guys get after some 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 players i want to catch some intercepts i want to make sure that we uh we, we draw the ball loose when we're making tackles create some fumbles um get some pressure on the quarterback again man i thought i thought that was huge even though we you know ellinger threw for 300 400 yards or whatever it was that he threw for we still got to him five or six times, which was awesome. And uh, we put pressure on him when we needed to, and we made those stops when we needed to. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what, we, what we're going to do tonight. I'm anxious to see how Coach Aranda is going to get these guys pumped up and fired up to go out there to, to, to really do what we did against Georgia Southern uh, two weeks ago on our turf against a so-called inferior opponent. Yes. Let's, let's see if we can pitch a zero on it, man. Well, see we'll see. we get a goose egg up well, there. We, the one thing, Northwestern State will try to attack LSU through the air. Their yep. best player is Shelton Epler. That's their quarterback, and he's he's got decent numbers on the season. He's completed 68% of his passes, 564 yards. So 
He's averaging 282 yards a game through the air. So they'll try to throw on LSU, and we'll see if the Tigers' defense is up to the task here today. We're going to take our first break on the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show broadcast from the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. We will be with you here until 4.30, then we'll turn it over to the LSU Sports Radio Network. Speaking of the LSU Sports Radio Network, the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, will join us next. Stay tuned. More with myself, Jeff Palermo, and former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. We'll be back after this here on WWL. Back on the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show as we broadcast near the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. Jeff Palermo filling in for Christian Garrick. My co-host, former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler, and joining us here is the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair. Yes. What's up, guys? Hey, Jeff, it's good to be back with you here on campus on a football (laughs) game day, man. Good to see you. Herb, good to see you. Yes, sir, uh, Chris. My pleasure, man. I mean, the weather's going to be a little warm, but otherwise, I mean, it's a pretty good day for college football here in the the middle of September. It's kind of what you get used to. Yeah, it it is. Uh, I wish it was a little bit cooler, but, hey, we'll take it. A little Um, breeze right now. Yeah, there is. It actually feels not too bad, in the shade anyways. (laughs) Um, Let's Let's reflect back on last week before we look ahead to tonight and the rest of the season, Chris. I guess what what still sticks in your mind a week later since the epic victory for the Tigers over Texas? I mean, I got to tell you, it's it's, and you've heard me talk about it. We talked about it yeah. on your show a couple of weeks ago. What I was looking for against Georgia Southern in week one, again, an overmatched team yeah. compared to LSU, mm-hmm. and then certainly a very even match team against Texas last week. What I'm still amazed by, guys, is the fluidity and continuity of this offense. I mean, it looks like LSU, these guys, these coaches uh, have been running this offense for a number of years. years. It's it's hard to believe how good they have done it, how crisp they've been in the first two weeks. Now, knock on wood, that (laughs) continues, and they only get better. Uh, But to me, that's what stood out. I mean, you saw great plays, great athletes for LSU, for Texas. I mean, there was parts uh, of that night where I kind of got caught becoming a fan yes, and, and, not a, and, and not working, you know what I mean? Right. I mean the yeah. atmosphere was incredible, and you had a sense that it was going to come down to which team blinked the first um, and which team made the big play. And as it turned out, LSU goes for the kill shot, third and 17. Play was designed to get Beautiful. them the first down. Yep. Jefferson's got the first down, but stiff then the on, stiff arm, bam. which is great when you watch it in slow motion. It looks yes. like something out of a superhero movie. Yes. He literally throws the guy like yeah. out of the Matrix yeah. um, and then goes for the touchdown. But, I yeah. mean, it was – to me, it still all boils down to how well – I know they want to clean up a few penalties, but really all in all, you look how many snaps, how many plays they've had offensively, mm-hmm. not too many penalties considering we're week number two. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. How long have you been here at LSU? This is my fourth year. Started fourth, fourth year. year, yeah. And you said something that was just magical to me, the fluidity of the offense. How long have we been waiting for that? Your first three years, you've been, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> so now here we are. Who's your favorite player, and do you get more excited for, I guess, calling for that guy or when he gets the ball or makes a tackle or what? How's that you work know, it's, it's interesting because now on offense there's so many. You can't yeah. just have one guy. Yeah. But to your original point, you know, when I got here for the uh, 2000, 2016 season, mm-hmm. that was all the talk. New offense. Yeah. Yep. Change the offense. And it never happened. <laughs> and then I found out later <laughs> that they've been talking about that for almost 10, <laughs> 10 years, years now. now. Yep. So yep. Uh, yep. I know I, I've only waited four years or three plus years. Yes. Uh, I know LSU fans have waited longer. But, you know, um, I, uh, offensively, it's just, you know, my son asked me during summer, he said, Dad, who do you think is going to be the leading receiver? And you start making a case for whoever. Pick one. Yep. And then you realize after two weeks that on any given Saturday, it it's going to be one or the other. Yes, I sir. mean, but the receivers are fun to watch. Um, I'm really, 
I enjoy and I root for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I think he's one of the most underrated running backs in the SEC. And he does his job so well, stuff that sometimes doesn't show up in the stat line. I mean, those 87 yards he got last week, plus that touchdown was huge. Some of the things he contributed in pass pro, I think, were key, especially that third and 17 play. He he was an integral part of allowing Joe to to make that play. So I root for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And same kind of thing on defense. I mean, you name it. I mean, you can root for Grant Delpit. Yep. Derek Stingley looks like video game yeah. out there playing. Yep. I mean, if yep. you he does everything right. Uh, Christian Fulton's great to watch. I've enjoyed watching Tyler Shelvin. So, yep. I think if I had to I pick two guys, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on offense uh-huh. and, and Tyler Shelvin, I think I they like played it. really well. I like it, man. Two great guys. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Coach Ed Orgerondo, when he got the job, Chris, this is what he envisioned. I mean, I think if in year one, this is the kind of offense that he wanted to do. But they didn't have the horses to do it. They don't. These three wide receivers that they have, everybody talks about Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and how great that was. But as as a threesome here with Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall, and Justin Jefferson, I don't. This, I know it's only it's, two games, it's, but yeah. but it's setting up that this is the best three wide receivers they have. And there's other guys on that side, on the sitting on the sidelines yeah. that can go out there and make plays too. Well, I mean, all you have to say is the first game ever in the history. They've been playing football around here a long, long, long time. time. First time you had three receivers go for over 100 yeah. yards. That kind of tells you how special this group right. is. Um, but I also think, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and uh, when you break down the film, go back and watch it. Uh, right before the pass is made, pick a nice pass play LSU's right. committed this year. Just hit pause. And look where the routes are. Because not only are these guys using their speed and athleticism, but I think the coaches are putting them in in great – I mean, the routes they're running, they're finding the open holes against these defenses. And they did a tremendous job last week against a a, a very good defense. I I think the front seven for Texas is much better than the back end. Mm -hmm. Um, But they found themselves in in great position to catch balls. And when you've got a quarterback that's been as accurate as Joe Burrow – I think when these guys are all said and done, Jeff, you may be right. It may be the best yeah. receiving core ever. So, Chris, is it the defense has been getting a little bit of a, I guess, not so much a, as a fair shake. Um, people are kind of getting a little bit down on the defense, saying that they didn't play well last week. What's your take on the, the defensive play last week and moving forward? You know, I think some of it comes down to you've been so used to the defense winning games for you that when you give up more than 21 <laughs> points, people around here get upset with the defense, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but I think if you look at that game, I think it just happened to be the type of game you were in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said it uh, all week long. If you go back and look, LSU had two drives over four minutes. The yep. first drive they had in the first quarter, it resulted in a field goal, mm-hmm. which was 458. Another drive in the first quarter, mind you, that was four and a half minutes that ended up in a punt. Mm-hmm. After that, it was 236, 228. They didn't have another drive the rest of the night over two minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. So you, then you say, well, Chris, they got to get used to that. Defense has got to be tough. The difference in this game was, to me, after LSU went three and out to open the third quarter, Texas goes on a 19-play, seven-minute, yeah, 17-second yeah. drive. Yeah. You started to see some players for LSU go down, mostly yep. due to cramping. Cramps. But I think that big segment of the game was a big factor based on how the shootout started after that drive. Both right. teams going back and forth. I think LSU got caught a little behind the eight ball because of that long drive, because of some of the cramping issues, because the difference in the game time of possession was about seven minutes. And to me, it all comes down to that first offensive drive for Texas in the yes, third sir. quarter. So I don't think the sky is falling for this defense. I don't either. Too many great players out there to yes. not be a good defense. It just happened to be one of those games where it was just a shootout. You know, offenses were making plays. Do I think they're going to have a bunch more of those this year? 
Not really. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest concern you have going away from last week's game is there were some missed tackles that you don't normally see by LSU. Right. And they're going to get some I practice agree. with that tonight because mm -hmm. Northwestern State's a team that likes to throw the five-yard pass, yeah. and you know then it comes down to tackling. A guy doesn't tackle well, and a five-yard pass can turn into a big play. So uh, they're going to need to tackle well again tonight, and I'm sure that's what Coach is looking for. Absolutely. And they're going to have some new guys on – or are going to have different guys on defense, especially in the starting lineup. Kaylevon Chase on is doubtful. Mm -hmm. Glenn Logan not playing. Richard Lawrence not playing. A lot of guys are going to get an opportunity in this game. Chris. Yeah, I'm, that's kind of why I'm excited. People said this week, uh, you know, how do you approach a game like this where it's an overwhelming favorite yeah. for LSU? Well, for me, it's a chance to get some more practice, and who doesn't need practice? Right. So I, I don't mind these games at all. And secondly, right. I think we're going to see some guys that we saw in spring ball, some of the newcomers we didn't see until preseason mm -hmm. camp, and we really haven't seen a lot of them so far through two weeks. A few of them in the Georgia Southern blowout win. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what they do. And if there is a silver lining to not having Richard Lawrence and, and, and Glenn Logan and obviously Caleb on, uh, is that you get to build some depth. The linebacker position has depth. Uh, we're going to see Marcel Brooks yeah. on that rush end a little bit. It's going to be fun to watch him. Um, and then, you know, hopefully all across the board we see a lot of substitutions. That means the Tigers are up big. Yes. I think the – Freshman running back, uh, running backs. I, what was cool about the first game was the yeah. fact that you got to see all five of right. them go out there. And in the game against Texas, they relied just on Elair and uh, Fournette. But now we get to see more of John Emery, Tyreon Davis-Price, Chris Curry. I, I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to see how – because I think that, that – that group of three there between whether it's uh, Chris Curry, nice. whether it's uh, Tyreon Davis, Price, Emery, those guys, as the season emerges or continues, one of those guys is really going to emerge, I think. Oh, I think and, you're and right. Plays, and really have some pivotal snaps and carries, especially in the month of November. Well, I give Coach O and, uh, you know, Steve Ensminger a lot of credit for last week because, you know, there were times you were like, boy, if we could just run the ball, you know, yeah. and, and move the chains, keep the clock moving. That just wasn't the type wasn't of game the they were in for. No. And because they weren't in that type of game, they said, you know what, we're going with the veterans for pass protection. Yep. I mean, you don't want to put Emory as talented he, as he is. Yeah. That's going to be his biggest adjustment from what he did in, in the prep ranks to what he does at this level. Mm -hmm. And they were bringing him, uh, and not just a bunch of them. They were bringing him from different positions. And, and I thought Clyde and Leonard, for the most part, did, did a great job of, of picking those up. So and Coach O was quick to point out, hey, there's nothing against those guys. They're talented, and their time's yeah. going to come. Their time just wasn't in that particular game against Texas. So – uh, I agree with you. I think I think there's two things tonight going into this game and really for the next couple of games, and that is LSU knows, and O has said it a thousand times, even with all the glitz and glamour of this spread offense mm -hmm. and throwing the football for 796 yards and 100 points, they know they still have to be able to line up and run the football in the SEC. If you don't do that, you, it, you're going to be hard-pressed to win uh, and get to Atlanta. Yep. Um, so I think – Tonight you're going to see maybe not a total emphasis on a ground game, but I think you're going to see, number one, them be committed to establishing the run, not only between the tackles but out, on the, out there on the corners. And to your point, I think you're going to see a steady rotation of five running backs in the game tonight. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you don't see it again next week on the road in Nashville. With that being said, let me ask you this. So I think uh, Clyde uh, what is it, um, Hiller, Edwards, yep. Clyde yeah. Edwards he um, is going to be the, the workhorse. I think after that, Fournette is – I think he's, he's – Situational. He's situational. Time, yeah. However, I think that somebody else – I think you said something yeah. really key. One of those other younger guys are going to emerge. 
out of those younger guys that's going to emerge, which one do you think it's going to be, and how soon do you think that's going to happen? Well, I, you know, if I had to, if I had to put a number on it, and I'm really impressed with Davis Price. Yes. I, I think the kid Thank is you. sensational. Three, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. But if I had, if you made me choose, just what I saw in preseason scrimmages this year, and and really a little bit that we saw in the Georgia Southern game, I think the guy Henry. that that gets the crowd electric is going to be John Emery. I mean, right. he his ability to a half power, his burst of speed. And then his ability to change and cut without losing without speed. Losing I mean, speed. if he makes a move, he's back to full speed in the blink of an eye. And, and that's the kind of breakaway running back style we've seen from a la Leonard Fournette and uh, Darius Geis. So, uh, right now, if you had to put, pin me down, I'd say John Emery. But I'm a big fan of Tyron Davis. Myself, too. Yeah. Myself, too. We'll leave you on this one, Chris. Is Doug getting paid less this year because of the up-tempo offense? <laughs> he, I mean, he can't get as much in there as I th- anymore. I think they're all kind of happy we don't pay by the word because <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk with the offense moving as fast as it is. But uh, right. it makes the job tough, man, and uh, yeah. it makes that defense tough too. And uh, it's impressive. And, and, you know, back to our original point about how fluid this offense has been, there's been times this season, both in the Georgia Southern game and, and even in that Texas game, that drive – to end the second uh, quarter in that 26 seconds. I mean, you talk about moving right. and, yeah. and having all 11 guys on the same page yes. ready to go. It was a be- thing it, of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. So, uh, I, I don't mind. And I'm sure Doug Morrow doesn't mind either. <laughs> no, as long as they keep winning, he's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Chris, we'll let you uh, get out and enjoy the rest of the game yeah. day. Have a good call today with you, Doug, and Gordy Rush. And uh, you guys take over here at, at 4.30, but we yep. appreciate you stopping by. Oh, anytime, man. Always good to be uh, on the big one. Always good to see you. Good to see you, Herb. Yes, Go sir. Tigers. All right, that yes, is sir. the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, as we are here at the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. Jeff Palermo filling in for Christian Garrick. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Let's take an earlier break here, and then when we come back, we'll start talking a little bit more about tonight's game, look around the Southeastern Conference. If you want to get involved in the conversation, 504-260-1870. We'll be back after this here on WWL 870 AM and 105.3 FM. Filling in for Christian Carrick, it's Jeff Palermo along with Herb Tyler as this is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show as we are here at the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. 504-260-1870. If you want to get a part, get in part of the uh, conversation here. Uh, Mike Dettelier will join us in the next hour. I want to thank the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair, for stopping by. Mike Dettelier will be sponsored by Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional, keeping you in the game. Kind of a – this is a light game, Herb. It's a, it's a light schedule around college football. No matchups at all involving two top 25 teams. So it's kind of a lay if, – if this is a, a Saturday, if you're around, you know, doing uh, different chores and yep, whatnot, this is, this, this is a good day to, to choose as far as Absolutely. not uh, sitting in front of the TV – uh, earlier today, Kansas State beat Mississippi State 31-24. Another, another kind of head-scratching loss for an SEC team, especially not the top. Obviously, you got your top, LSU, yeah. Alabama, Georgia. You might want to throw Auburn in there as well. Uh, well. We'll wait and see how just good Auburn is. They've beaten Oregon, so we'll, we'll put them in there. But, man, once you get past that. Um, well, if you think about it, let's think about it like this. A couple years ago, they had Dak Prescott. Yeah. Starting a quarterback, and here now they don't. So where are we going at from here? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Mississippi State has to do a little bit better job. They can't lose to Kansas State. Not that Kansas State isn't a great team, but here we go. My man, Nicky Savoy, former <laughs> look, former LSU, LSU Tiger, tight end, um, um, just one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my entire life. 
I love him to death. He's also a, a New Orleans Saint, former New Orleans Saint in the house. Nikki Savoy, my man. This is the kind of stuff we get when you're chilling on campus with Earl Tyler. <laughs> Just so you know that, JP. I love you too, my baby. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so back to Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those teams where they can be great. But then, um, you know, personally, I think Keaton Thompson should be starting that quarter. And you know what? What was interesting, they benched uh, Jeremy, or Tommy Stevens today. He threw a couple interceptions. He also fumbled a ball. And they did not bring in Keaton Thompson. They no. brought in another kid in Garrett Sh- uh, Schrader. And Thompson had entered the transfer the portal. portal yep, and then back. he came back. And, well, you might want to <laughs> put his name in there well, again. <laughs> let's figure out why they didn't put him in there today. You yeah, know I, mean? I, I, don't I, have, I don't know why. Uh, I'm a big Keaton Thompson fan. Um, yes. As I was telling you, Herb, I call high school football games, and I saw the kid play yep. a couple of times. And when I watched him, I said, man, this guy. And, this, and he was there when Dak Prescott was doing his thing at Mississippi State. Yep. And I, I thought, boy, this is perfect for Mississippi State. They're getting another, uh, just like Dak Prescott, a a Louisiana boy who is kind of under the radar, who can really do some good things. And, of course, a new head coach at Mississippi State. So, Keaton Thompson uh, is not thought of as the same way with this new head coaching staff as he was under Dan Mullen. So, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. I think, personally, that's why you lose to Kansas State today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Les Miles got a big win last night for Kansas. And he got it the same way that he's been doing it. I think they rushed the ball 45 (laughs) 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 They rushed the ball 739 times last night. And Puka Williams had a great game. Yeah, Puka, another Louisiana boy from Honville. He does great, and I like that. Um, But, man, come on. I mean, you know, they, they go in, I think they were the 20-point underdog. Yeah. Um, but they end up winning like 48 to 20-something or whatever, which is great. But, man, you can't sustain that. I don't think you can No, you can't. That. And we, we saw that here for many Correct. years at LSU. You can win a lot of games uh, running the football and being physical, but when you get against the big boys, it just doesn't work. Look, man, I love Les to death, man. He's one of my favorite all-time guys to listen to, to hear make speeches, uh, just say some crazy outlandish yes. things. He's a great leader of men. I, you know, I just, at some point, I just want him to just do something a little bit different. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, look, they, you know, t- to be honest with you, man, he's uh, he was one of the LSU's greatest coaches we've ever had. And um, his, his, his legacy is cemented here on campus um, in this university. And, uh, you know, he's, he's always represented this university as well as anyone can. And uh, that's one of the things that we really love about him. But moving forward, now that we have Coach, Coach o, o, yeah. which is why we had Coach O, because right. Les was stubborn and he would not do what Chris said earlier. Everybody's been saying we need to go to some kind of run and shoot, yeah. a spread offense of some sort. They get the ball, you know, around to these five, four yes. and five-star players. Um, and finally, we're doing that. And that's a, a credit to – to because, to, look, if you think about it, when Coach O's first year, not when he took over for less in the midseason, but his actual first year, we weren't throwing the ball like this. No. We weren't doing any of this I stuff. still think they didn't have the horses. Danny uh, Etling was a, a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't have the receivers they got now. Right. I mean, we're getting guys like Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase – and obviously Joe Burrow, and, and I, I said this on uh, Neil Norman's show yesterday with, when Don Dubuque was filling in, uh, Joe Burrow might be, we'll, we'll see how it goes down, he might be one of the best free agent acquisitions in college football history. Right. Uh, because of what he has done, led this program to a 10-win season last year. This could be a record-breaking season for him. He has now laid the foundation for any – quarterback that's out there in high school any receiver that's out there in high school yep. that 
is wondering, well, is LSU, do I really want to go there if they're going to hand the ball yes, off you do. 35, 40 times? No, we now, won't. There's no doubt anymore. And that's why getting guys like Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase, to get those two guys to buy in and say, this is what we are going to do. Trust me, I know what you see on Saturdays currently is, is th- that's not what we want to be. We want to be what, what you're now seeing. And for those two kids to yeah. buy into it, for the coaches to pitch it, yep. and secure that, that is that's huge. Well, I know you said they didn't have any horses uh, a couple years ago. Well, I kind of begged to differ a little bit because I, I still don't know if they were horses or if they could have been horses. But we had Trey Quinn, mm-hmm. who's now in the NFL, uh, starting in yes. the NFL. And then we also had, what's his name, Tyron uh, Smith? No, not Tyron Smith. Well, they had DJ Chark. DJ Chark, but Tyron, what's the guy from, um, he transferred okay. to Oklahoma State. Oh, Tyron, yes, yes. Uh, I can't think of his last I, name. I, I know who you're talking but about. But anyway, these guys apparently were number one ranked receivers. You in had the Malachi right. Dupree. You had, had all of these guys. Yeah. So at some point, you just got to have the mindset to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I think what happened was, I think Coach O wasn't 100% committed to changing it because he didn't have the coaching personnel that he needed no Joe Brady is the I don't want to say he's the icing on the cake because he's a huge part of this but this but I found it kind of interesting that coach O almost in this game against Texas based on what we've what was said and the quotes and whatnot almost wanted to go back to that where he said when they were on that last drive there before they the third and 17 that Mm -hmm. LSU hit Uh on that drive he had he asked the coaches do we want to go to our four-minute offense, meaning let's take the football here and it's kill time. the rest right. of the four minutes? And Ensminger and Joe Brady said, said no, no, we got to attack. We got to. We got to attack, and Coach Joe we said, okay. we weren't going to stop them, Yes. period, at that yes. point. We were cramping. The defense was, was dehydrated. Right. They were tired. They weren't going to make a, a good stop when we needed them to. So he trusted them. Two years ago with Matt Canada, no, he didn't trust no, them. No, and, no, and I don't no, know no, how no, that no. relationship Man. fell away, fell apart the way it did. But I, I don't think there, there was a relationship there in the beginning, to be honest with you. I think that was not a Joe – um, a, a coach oh hire. He was forced to hire the big name well, or, or hire a hot name. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he actually hired him. I think that hire came from somewhere else. He felt he had to hire correct, him. Correct, which forced he him wanted to make Coach that. E the whole time. He Absolutely. wanted Steve Ensminger. I did too. Yeah, because uh, when he, obviously when Ensminger came in with Coach O in 20, yeah. when they took over for less in 2016. They did pretty good. The offense did really well. Yeah, there were now, some frustrating we, losses. We didn't do what we're doing now, but we did well. We yes. did a lot better but they, than they they soon as those guys came in, yeah. the offense immediately opened up. Opened they put up, up what, 600 yards against Missouri or yeah, something. something. They had crazy. some huge games. That year, um, and then Matt Canada, and it just didn't work. And, and So now here we are. Fast forward, what, that's four years later? And, and we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the awful loss to Troy. <laughs> and I'm sitting right here. <laughs> and what, what a difference two years makes. Yeah. And we were just talking to Chris about these young running backs they have. Uh, they got other – in this upcoming recruiting class, there's other great receivers that are there. There are receivers that mm-hmm. they recruited last year that could, could step up. I mean, you're going to have – well, you're going to have Marshall and Chase at least for another season, I right. would think. Right. Um, it will be an interesting transition from Joe Burrow to what we anticipate Miles Brennan. But we know Brennan can throw. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Brennan. I don't know. It may be Peter Parrish. It may, it may be yeah. somebody else. But Maybe I've another seen, graduate transfer. What I've, find out okay, you, you never know because the transfer portal has been great to LSU. Yeah. It's like this leads, all doors lead to LSU <laughs> for quarterbacks anyway. Yeah. But um, 
the, you know, the thing about Miles Brennan is I've been just when he gets in the game. To me, sometimes he doesn't have that confidence. Yeah, and there's like you, let's just say he plays. 20 plays, right? We're going to see him a lot tonight. I, I see. Out of 20 plays, seven of them, he has 100% confident. Another seven, he's like, oh, a little bit shaky. Yeah. And then, you know, the other six, he's just he's just erratic all over the place. Joe Burrow is ultra confident. Yes. Uh, Coach O told me earlier this week when I did the interview uh, for WWL, he remind, and, and Coach O has said this a couple times, actually, that he reminds him, Joe Burrow reminds him of Bobby Hebert. Doesn't yeah. talk like him. No. But but who does? <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, my man Nikki, who just walked in from the same place. But they they have that same confidence that they are going to win, and they're great leaders. Yep. And that man, that means a lot. And now you throw in the talent to go with it. Yep. And, and it's it's really the perfect recipe. And I, gosh, who knows? Who knows if Joe Burrow if if Joe Burrow wins the Ohio State job, or Joe Burrow decides to go to Cincinnati or wherever else he was looking at and doesn't come to LSU, right. it'd be really interesting to see what where where this would be. I mean, Coach O might be they, – they might have lost to Texas, and they be, might be staring at a 7-5 and five season, and he could be gone. Uh, but because they got Burrow, and again, uh, another guy that they pitched on, this is what we want to do. I know we're not here. Uh-huh. And that's why Joe Oliva, one of the reasons why he hired him was because he was such a great recruiter. Right. And it's really paid off. It has. It has, and it will pay off. Moving forward, right. um, you know, Coach O can get along with anybody, and that's the thing. When Coach O walks into yeah. your house, your mom and dad are gonna fall in love with him yeah. immediately. Um, he's gonna treat you like a son that that, that he never had, um, and he's one of those people that that the, the light shines through him from yeah. within out outward to you, and uh, people want to be around that. Plus, one of the things that they also did that I love a lot was that they just added to the facilities over here. Mm-hmm. That's going to really crush recruiting for them. Um, you know, people are going to say, okay, where, where do I want to go? Okay, Alabama's doing X, Y, and Z with Tua, right? But LSU's offense is actually a lot more sexier, if you will, yeah, to I me than that offense. Now, if that's the same thing, so if you're a major quarterback in the, in the game or whatever, and you know, the, the, one of the, the best places to go would be Oklahoma. Well, right now, guess what? LSU's looking like. Oklahoma, like a yeah, quarterback whisperer right, as well. Right. So, and then you put all that stuff together on the field. If they all match together on the, on the field and they're equal, guess what? When you come down here to Death Valley and you go over there to that football ops building, it, it just changes the game. A big topic in January once this season is all over with yep. is are they going to be able to retain Joe Brady? You know NFL teams may start coming after him. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him, like, going to Alabama or, you know, another college uh, – Coach, unless he becomes a head coach, but I, I think he might be a little too young for that. But I think that will be the thing to try to keep this him and Ensminger together as much as possible. So I don't see him being ready as a head coach. No, not a head coach, but I can see in the NFL as an offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, or a passing game, or or a um, or a quarterback coach. If the if the right if the right position opened up, so him. it all depends on where his heart is. Yeah, right? I mean, he may come here to LSU and do what he's doing now and yeah. just fall in love with it. And never want to go back to the NFL. And who knows? He might be a guy that you you sit there and, and, and if you're Scott Woodward and Co- and I I mean Coach O I think has has got this job locked down yeah, for six seven years for the next six or seven years the way it's going, but maybe you kind of say hey man you if you stick around here at LSU, uh, you know yep. when you're 35 37 we can hand the, the keys the off to you. Right to you yeah you're right. you're and you're a head right. coach at a. Look, as long as he doesn't go to the Panthers or, <laughs> or the Buccaneers or Atlanta, I'm good. Right, but you know? what he has done, and, and I was skeptical. I, I got to, and because 
Herb, we, we've been living this. We, we talked with Chris about it. We've been hearing about this for 10 years, really since the 07 season, uh, that the, or after, after the, the last championship, that things were going to change offensively. And they never, they never did. And so you were hearing all these things about Joe Brady, and I, I just wasn't buying into it. But right. we'll, we'll talk more about it. we got to take another break. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Jeff Palermo along with former LSU Tiger Herb Tyler. Yes, sir. If you want to join in on the conversation, 504-260-1870. We'll be back from the LSU administration building on LSU's campus. Jeff Palermo filling in for Christian Garrick here on the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Coming up in the next hour, we'll hear from Mike Dettelier around the SEC. Right now, Alabama leading South Carolina 7-3 with 8.5 left to go in the first quarter. Georgia beat Arkansas State 55-0. Kansas the state over Mississippi State 31-24. Tennessee won. They finally beat Chattanooga 45 to nothing. Later on tonight, Southeastern will be at Old Miss, Florida, taking on Kentucky, and of course, LSU Northwestern State. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 